Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Hilit Medaralfi. She's the founder and CEO at Spatially Health. Hilit is a trained architect with over a decade of extensive experience working in housing, urban design, and the healthcare industry. In 2019, she founded Spatially Health, a technology company focused on pioneering new methods in advancing analytics, location intelligence, and data management for solutions in healthcare markets. Belit holds a master's of city planning and a PhD from the University of Pennsylvania and a Bachelor of Architecture from Carnegie Mellon University. We're going to be diving into some fascinating work that they're up to and what you could be doing to uh, improve your business models and workflow with data. So, Hilit, such a pleasure to have you here on the podcast with us. Hi, Saul. Nice to talk with you today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And so, you guys have a ton of really interesting work that that you're working on. And so, before we dive into spatially health and, and how you guys are helping customers in the healthcare ecosystem, I'd love to hear more about what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. So at Spatially Health, uh, our models are focused on the aspects of human needs and bringing about the ability to fulfill those needs. This is what we call the human spatial relationship. And this is really at the heart of everything that we do. At our core, we believe that people have the right to live in dignity. And that's what really inspires our work. And by bringing in the human element into the equation and modeling the real world phenomena, businesses can really see and measure problems, but also opportunities and align the interests of both the company and the market or the population that they're targeting, and then be able to make decisions that are truly data-driven. And through my you know, past experience, I've seen time and time again, whether in healthcare and housing and planning and um, product development or other businesses, decisions are often made in somewhat of a vacuum, uh, mm-hmm. really because of the lack of other data sources and uh, equally important ways of integrating them. Uh, there are definite challenges in the market, but missing still is fundamental data that is location-driven and scalable across different geographies. And that's really important, the ability to scale them. So you're always comparing apples to apples. In healthcare, this provides uh, unique insights by integrating uh, clinical and non-clinical data uh, and developing strategies to capture market share and ultimately tailor solutions for different local markets because we know that healthcare is local. Uh, so to kind of maybe throw in there a tired statistic, but the reality is that we know that less than 50% of health outcomes are determined by medical interventions, but what is the other half? Uh, and the kicker is that we end up paying for all of it, but we're arguably only using half of the, the data and the information uh, that we can make available. So if healthcare is local, for us, location data is essentially healthcare data. And with that in mind, now we can think about being proactive and actually design solutions. And by developing and delivering these real, the, the real world analysis, provide the analytics that drive, uh, you know, population evaluations, um, both, uh, you know, at larger scales and at smaller scales and at much, much more granular scales than, uh, what people are, are, use, are accustomed to using. Uh, by uh, identifying the opportunities for innovative care delivery models, which uh, a lot of uh, markets are hungry for, uh, modeling strategic initiatives and interventions for better outcomes, and ultimately take this and be able to test these assumptions before costly implementations. This is something that I learned a lot in my past in design, especially in product development. You always want to test before implementing. And unfortunately, that's sorely lacking in healthcare, and it's costing us a fortune. 
Well, super interesting, this idea of healthcare is local and what are we doing with location-driven data and how are we integrating it? I'm thinking about what are we doing with this data and what data is it and, and what can we do with it? So tell us a little bit more about Spatially and exactly how you're helping the ecosystem. Maybe some examples of, of a particular sector and, and how the work you guys are doing have helped. Sure. So let me start by distinguishing between location data and spatial data uh, because this okay. is often missed just mm. because of the nature of the field. Yeah. So location intelligence, right, mm-hmm. which is, you know, something that we're more familiar with, really is a combination of location data and business intelligence. So it's the ability of taking data that has an address, a lat long, some specific location, and perhaps a marked activity, and then bringing it into a business intelligence dashboard or some platform that then you can see the summaries, you can see some of, you know, the, the graphs and charts that are uh, associated with that data. Spatial mm-hmm. analysis, however, takes that data and is actually a process, uh, mathematical, statistical, geographic, um, a lot of, you know, database um, heavy lifting. But spatial analysis is, is used to identify the patterns and the trends that we're looking for. And spatial data, unlike location data, which is really an observation, spatial data has to undergo some type of analytical transformation in order to exist. So spatial data is a lot more robust and a lot more directional. So for healthcare, you know, you can't change what you're not measuring, right? And this we know. So at Spatially Health, uh, we identify and measure the non-clinical risk factors within healthcare, going beyond the clinical and financial data readily available. So there's the ability to incorporate the clinical and the financial data and whatever other data sources uh, are available. But we actually introduce into the picture all those non-clinical risk factors. And to each project, we bring proprietary derivative data sets, both from our own models, but then customize the new data models to create the tailored outcomes for the stakeholder, for the market, for the problem at hand. Um, some of our tools, uh, our proprietary tools, our uh, spatial analytics platform uh, and our spatial risk score. These are two of our signature tools for evaluating location dynamics and market opportunities uh, at a hyperlocal scale. So the spatial analytics platform expands the analytical capabilities and inserts new and unique data sources to to complete the data-driven strategy. Again, this goes from hyperlocal to national. It's also very, very important because you want to be able to compare apples to apples. The way that we're going about doing it today is really too clunky. Uh, And essentially, the spatial analytics platform is, to a large extent, our database. That's what we've developed using a bunch of different uh, raw data sources, uh, that passes all sorts of different transformations. And then we have our spatial analytics platform. From that, we've developed uh, a spatial risk score, which is our proprietary metric that scales the spatial data to deliver measurable insights on how external factors affect health outcomes and the cost for both individual and population levels. And uh, this is also very important that because of the way that we work and conceptually, if you can think about it as kind of like a continuous surface, it's very easy uh, to go from an individual to population level. So you can almost think about it as, you know, personalized medicine at population levels, right? Or population medicine at personalized levels. So the spatial risk score uh, really came about as an inspiration from social determinants of health, which I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, social determinants of health has gotten uh, a very big push recently, um, but the concept has been around for quite a while. And the concept, actually, I remember it back in, you know, when I was in school for city and regional planning, you know, the idea that 
context uh, has an effect. And the ability to measure that context is very important. So social determinants came about from a policy perspective, meaning, you know, the big government or larger governments that have, you know, vast amounts of area to manage and control and and very varying populations. Um, There needs the ability to understand, you know, where services are missing and where essentially there are gaps in services. And ultimately, this creates vulnerabilities, right, in different populations. The problem is that the way that social determinants of health is built is highly conceptual and not operational. And this is what we've done to the concept of social determinants of health. We basically broke it down, uh, build it within our models in order to create a, um, a fully operational model. And uh, we're able to find uh, a lot of different uh, patterns and reasons and granularity so that you can really identify uh, a handful of, of blocks or areas or very customized outline of an area that has certain vulnerabilities, right? That mm-hmm. um, either have too much exposure to um, negative uh, influences uh, and perhaps not enough of positive influences. So spatial patterns, um, what we've seen also from the work uh, using our spatial risk score and spatial analytics platform, these spatial patterns really are our greatest source of data. And they're also the most underutilized uh, because they are difficult to get to. Uh, by leveraging our data with our clients' data, uh, we're able to uncover the connections, uh, the spatial patterns that are unique within each market. And this ultimately accelerates the real-world insights in healthcare delivery systems. Haley, I think it's super interesting, right? Because, you you know, the, the market has ideas about how to address social determinants of health. Uh, you know, health systems have, you know, experts and, and ways of doing things and, and payers, you know, they, they have their way of doing things. There's really no standardized way of doing it, you know, maybe even data-driven way, it sounds like what you have put together is an opportunity to get there. And so I'd love if you could share with us, you know, how the platform has improved outcomes or made business better, maybe calling out something in particular. Yeah. So, you know, data is everywhere, right? And, you know, between financial, clinical, EHRs, different apps, third parties, Internet of Health things, the data generation has absolutely exploded. And the big question is, what do you do with it? And and we have a very different approach, right? So Spatially Health is actually forging a new vertical in healthcare spatial analytics, where analytics are built for direct uh, cost savings and for market growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so take social determinants of health, for example. Um, this is a problem. And we don't focus solely on that. It's just one of those, you know, really big, interesting uh, parts of what we hear very often. Um, We're honing in right now on social determinants of health. But you guys do other things like analytics for research and development product development, et cetera. Yes, we actually, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, we have uh, a lot of exciting things happening. You know, the, the solutions that we see today for concepts around social determinants of health really is enigmatic of the tools and the data that we have. Often what we see are solutions that take care of what we call the last mile. Uh, so for the entity, it's really not a cost savings, but it's a known added cost at the end. Not only is it finding the additional services uh, to provide for the member, for the patient, but by the time the patient has actually gotten there, they've gone through the entire patient journey. And we've missed several opportunities to improve the outcomes by targeting uh, that person earlier on or being able to identify the needs so that the 
uh, services can be aligned with the actual needs in that area. We call that the last mile. And it's a very needed service today. You hear a lot about it, but our focus is really taking the data, the information that we have and, and the power of actually producing these models and the ability to test and to bring in all sorts of different data sources into it. Our focus is really on the first mile. Okay. And that allows us to set the tone and to work with different stakeholders to solve different problems and to actually identify cost savings ahead of time and identify the opportunities to build out innovative care delivery models, provide different plans or different services that are very targeted to uh, specific locations. So from an outcomes perspective, we work with our stakeholders to match individuals more accurately with their true healthcare needs. And again, this is something that's done before. We're able to implement the real-world modeling for targeted population insights. So often enough, you know, we talk in the realm of zip codes or in counties, but that's very, very difficult to understand what the real needs are and then connect those needs and align it with the correct network and with the uh, most operable network. We can highlight successful programs that align with value-based care. There's a big push now for value-based care. And a lot of entities want to be able to get onto that. But that takes some strategy too. Going from volume to value is not easy. And because the alignments are not completely there, there is a struggle in order to get uh, onto more value-based care. Plus, the problem is a lot more complex because now you really need to understand uh, the population that you are serving and the population that you want to expand into in order to really make the equation make sense. Employing uh, predictive profiling to scale up member acquisition rates. If you know that you have a population um, that's working really well and, and you want to expand that population, you want to find out where more of them are. Or if you have a population um, that's really hard to manage, you want to understand, well, what's the difficulty there? What's causing this? And what can we do as a, a payer provider? What can we do to improve the situation Again, looking at it always from that first mile, the preemptive side, visualizing service needs and usage patterns with greater clarity. So, you know, get out of the spreadsheets, but really understand what's happening where and, and why are these decisions being made. Uh, you want to be able to gauge trends in both the outperformance and the underperformance uh, of different networks. Um, effectively build out those networks uh, and efficiently, you know, drive down the cost so that you know where the leakage is and you know what's going on on the ground. And there's a lot more, you know, for different companies and stakeholders to work for. The bottom line is that we hear a lot of fatigue in the industry, and there's also a lot of frustration. And it's really because you don't see the needle moving, and there is constant pressure to reduce the costs and to improve outcomes, adjust to the regulatory changes. And, you know, now we have a pandemic, so there always seems to be some surprise around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, but we take a deep look at the spatial patterns. Uh, and again, they are really our greatest source of data, especially new data. And by evaluating and seeing any market in, in a variety of different, from a variety of different perspectives. And by doing this, we uncover those connections that are needed to accelerate the real world insights in, in healthcare delivery systems. You know, so it, it makes a lot of sense to, we're dealing with a pandemic, for the longest time, we've had issues with, you know, even before COVID, you know, chronic conditions and how do we manage them? The largest expenditure being allocated in chronic condition management. How do you understand the best ways to help these populations? And, and the answer is first mile, get the analytics up front and put together a strategy, a program that can, that can help you manage and take care of these, these people in a more adequate way. So as you think about 
the models you guys have developed and, and how you're approaching the market, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that came out of that? Setbacks, um, they're kind of varied. You know, setbacks also comes from, you know, also some frustration, right? So there's a lot of interest and desire to incorporate data-driven insights and advanced analytics into the workflows and to decision-making. But the reality is that it's a far cry from happening. And it's largely because of, you know, the legacy systems that uh, a lot of these companies are sitting on. And it makes it very difficult for different departments and different teams uh, to actually uh, create the analytics that are also consistent, right, from one department to another. Mm -hmm. And we see that time and time again. Uh, the fact that data is siloed the way that it is uh, makes it very difficult. And uh, even in conversation, you know, this whole idea of data and analytics uh, is, is really often tossed with very, you know, maybe a, a shallower understanding of what it really is. Uh, and then the interpretations, the implementations are difficult. But, you know, we take these setbacks and we re they really become our opportunities, right? So mm -hmm. you spoke about chronic conditions before. I can ask your listeners, do you know what the chronic conditions are in your market? Meaning, do you know exactly where they are? Do you know who the people are? Are you able to identify your membership uh, with those chronic conditions? Do you know where they live and where, to, where they work? And then, you know, if you're in the Medicare field, uh, do you know where the Medicare agents are? Uh, you want to, you know, try to take care of them before they go into Medicaid, uh, Medicare, excuse me. Equally is the uninsured, uh, which is also uh, a very large expense. Um, so with chronic conditions, for example, we've actually taken that and mapped out literally the chronic conditions, understanding um, at, at a high resolution where the propensity is for these chronic conditions so that our clients can really model out their markets and build customized solutions, both from a network perspective or from a plan perspective, uh, whatever tools they have uh, to be able to target those people and really give them the services that they need. And at the end of the day, it really starts treating the person completely, but it does require having a much broader understanding of the data that's available and, you know, beyond the data that happens actually within building walls, but what's happening out there in, in the real world. Yes, yeah, that combination of both. And do you understand your uh, patient base? Do you understand your community base of, uh, and where, where are those chronic conditions? Uh, there's a great opportunity to uh, better understand those if you have the right tools. And so as you think about what you're most excited about today, Helit, what would you say that is? Um, there's a lot actually to be excited about, even, you know, with the, the difficult situation that we're in right now, you know, socially and medically with the, with the pandemic. But for us at Spatially Health, we are looking at a couple of very exciting projects coming on board. Uh, one is working with uh, behavioral and mental health which is also a very, very big problem and uh, also working with some large health plans. So really being able to take uh, modeling uh, and our tools and, and take it across a much broader geography uh, and much uh, deeper problems and issues. Uh, what's happening right now uh, that we're very excited about is uh, actually an implementation of our COVID-19 local vulnerabilities map. This is a map that we published uh, back in April, which is probably uh, one of the first maps that were out in the market, uh, looking at local vulnerabilities, but at a very, very granular scale. Um, mm. Not just zip codes and counties, but really down to, you know, almost rooftop levels. Mm. And the goal with uh, our the map was 
um, to work with what we know uh, and working off of the risk factors that were identified by the World Health Organization, we decided to develop a map that actually identifies the areas that are most vulnerable to outbreaks. And then, of course, if an outbreak does happen, they will be in a much dire strait situation than some of the other populations. So that map was published uh, and got a lot of, um, you know, conversations here in, in South Florida. But uh, recently we were commissioned by a large nonprofit in South Florida to create customized vulnerability map for their particular uh, mission, which was vulnerabilities due to health disparities and it being used right now to direct the uh, interventions and measure the impact. So we're very excited about that project going forward and seeing, you know, how with a set amount of, of time and resources, you can actually have the greatest amount of impact if you are data-driven, if you're measured, and then you're also able to know what the impacts were afterwards. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And folks, the map is actually on their website. If you go to spatially.com, you'll see a little uh, link there where you could check out the COVID-19 map. And um, pretty neat stuff here. Sounds like you guys are doing some some great work with that. This is so interesting. And, you know, I always wish we had more time when we have discussions like this, but uh, we're here at the end, Elite. And so, um, number one, just folks, I definitely encourage everybody to go to spatially.com to learn more about the spatial intelligence, spatial analysis that they're doing there to help you with your efforts. But Helit, tell us something that we should be thinking about as we as we end here and then where the listeners could get in touch with you and your company after uh, this is over. Sure. So, you know, as I said before, data is everywhere and, and every business today really is a data business. The question is, what do you do with that data? What we do at Spatially Health is, is highly visual. And uh, if, if you have any questions about, you know, data, um, if you're interested to learn more about uh, the first mile, about uh, spatial analytics platform and our spatial risk score and anything else that I've covered, I'd be happy to take you, your listeners through a demo. Um, you can visit our site, as Saul said, at spatially.com, S-P-A-T-I-A. LLY.com or, you know, feel free to email me at Helite, that's H-I-L-L-I-T at spatially.com. Thank you, Saul. Oh, my pleasure, Helite. I appreciate you sharing the insights you guys have there. Uh, Again, listeners, just just check them out. You can also get all of the links as well as the email for Helite, the website, the COVID-19 map. All those links are going to be there along with the transcript at outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in spatially and you'll find it. Helite, thanks again for, for spending some time with us. My pleasure. Thank you. 